Hey, you busy? Mm-mm. Okay, let me run something past you real quick. So glad you picked up. I want to talk about taking risk. I've been on this kicker, you know, the last couple of conversations where I'm just like, why aren't people living their passions? What's preventing people from pursuing their dreams? And I identify that it is risky. I understand it. Um, having these conversations with you alone is the risk. Yeah, there's some risk in that as well. You know, it's not the most familiar path. I don't know anyone pretty much taking this particular path. And so I was questioning, and I'm like, maybe people are looking at their particular assigned purpose and they have the wrong perspective. So maybe if I gave a different, you know, spin on it, it would be a aha moment for everybody. Because the reality is, is you're either doing something that's out of the box or you're doing your version of what's already been done. So like I went ahead and I looked at the singer Rihanna, right? Yeah. Diamonds in the sky shine bright like a diamond. Yeah, her. So she wasn't the first person to produce her makeup line. You know, the one, the, um, what's the name? Right, thank you, Fenty. Fenty. Um, she wasn't the first person to come up with a makeup line, but she was the first person, according to Fenty.com, she was the first person to create a makeup line that catered to all complexions. Now, the last that I checked on Fenty.com, they had about 50 foundation shades. So they pretty much were factoring in a lot of different complexions. And I think I remember seeing her, um, she did an interview where she was pretty much saying that, you know, she saw darker skin. Uh, complexion she saw lighter complexions but she only saw like a handful of palettes for that and she was just kind of distraught on why aren't their com their foundations made for their complexions as well so again like I said to you before in another conversation um, usually your assignment stirs you up because you see a problem that you have an interest in solving right that's essentially what kind of some people stumble into their passion other people are just like no I've known this for a very long time I've been singing since I was three you know we had that conversation already and so when browsing like on YouTube makeup tutorials and looking at stuff like that because I'm like okay so if she's the first person to go ahead and match all complexions that she can possibly do in the range of foundational shades then what were people doing after or beforehand because Fenty uh, wasn't launched until September 2017. So what were they doing beforehand? And I was seeing that people were either mixing colors, like they were trying to do whatever they can do to get to the closest match of their shade. And so I did some research on it. I'm like, okay, so when did makeup first come around, right? Because you would think that someone along the way prior to 2017 would have seen you know, ah, oh, this is a limitation. A makeup artist of some sort should have gotten irritated. A um, expensive guru. I mean, Oprah should have felt like at some point, you know, not to throw names out, but, you know, people who have experienced something or have gotten irritated because I've seen old school pictures where your face does not match your neck, ma'am. No, those are two different complexions, two different people, if you will. So I went ahead and I'm like, okay, let me... I'm not a makeup connoisseur, but I want to kind of give some background information. So I went on Quora.com, Q-U-O-R-A.com, and it was pretty much indicating that 
makeup has been around for ages, right? And it was an integral part of Egyptians around 12,000 years ago. Um, women wanted so much to look like the Egyptian beauty Cleopatra. Okay, Cleo. Uh, that she was the queen who was solely responsible for the development of the desire of wanting to look good in women. Now, that's a lot of power, Cleo. Yeah, you, that that was pretty much awesome. <laughs> but this is the part that made me chuckle, cause, and I'll tell you in a minute. So th it says on this website, um, Cora.com, that Vaseline was the first popular brand to be used in women in the 1900s. Now, <laughs> growing up, my mother used Vaseline on everything. She used it in my hair. It was um, her version of moisturizing my scalp, which was not happening. I very much felt like I had the jury curl experience. If I laid on a pillow or sat back on someone's couch, I, too, left that of a um, secretion from my hair. Uh, I remember my grandmother, my nanny, saying, I don't know why your mother put so much Vaseline in your hair. You know what, nanny? Um, yeah, don't get mad if you hear this. But I remember just being so funny because I didn't know. I mean, we used it on everything. It was like it was moisturizer to your skin. It was it was lip gloss to your lips. It was put this on your face before you fight. Just my mother was hood. Um, very much a gangster in the dress. Uh, and, you know, just tomboyish. And she passed it on. And I don't want to talk about it no more. But, yeah, Vaseline was just, it was a household staple, if you will. Like, it was for everything. I got a cut. It hurt. Go put some Vaseline on it. You remember when um, Chris Rock used to say, you know, we put Tussin on everything? Yeah, so our version of said Tussin was Vaseline. It was put it on everything. The only thing she did not do with it that I cannot attest to is she didn't cook with it. <laughs> yeah, I think that's where she drew the line. But if it had anything to do from the crown of your head to the sole of your feet, hmm? Yeah, you need to go put some Vaseline on that. Your ashy, put some Vaseline on, ma'am. Your lips is cracked, put some Vaseline on. Your hair look dry, let me go ahead and do your hair, bring that Vaseline with you. Like, it was, listen, I, I don't, maybe she low-key used it as deodorant. Hey, I don't want to gossip. I just don't put me in that position to gossip. I don't want to do it. And I digress. So, that's why that Vaseline part made me chuckle. But, continuing on on this website. So, in 1910, it says the U.S. was flooded by cosmetics, and there were inventors of a few cosmetic products. It was Max Factor, Elizabeth Arden, who joined the brand Revlon, hey y'all, before the World World, and I think it was World War II, and Estee Lauder just after it. So, okay, let me just read a little more. So it said that uh, the flapper style, not sure what that is, also influenced the cosmetic of the 1920s, which embraced the dark eyes, the red lipstick, red nail polish, and the suntan, invented as a fashion statement by Coco Chanel. Double C's. Um, and that's pretty much what I wanted to grab from that. But it was just like, okay, so this has been, you know, outside of the Vaseline being <laughs> a staple in the 1900s. Ni by 1910... You mean to tell me from 1910 to 2017, no one saw that these handful of shade issues is a problem? Like when y'all take these photos and the flashes there, you look like a powdery donut, ma'am. No one's going to say, um, I mean, someone had the intellect to say, hey, I don't just want to have red lipstick all the time. 
right? So why didn't someone say, I, I just, I don't want to cover my, you know, mouth if I sneeze or if I cough, and then someone's afraid because the complexion to my hand, to my face, looks like someone has um, tried to aggressively maybe perhaps kidnap me in daylight? Because the complexion surely, that surely cannot be your hand on said face. And if it is, um, are you treating for some type of illness? You know, who knows where it could have gone. But it didn't spark anyone to say, hey, we need to do something different. So I, I went through that lane to show that the market that you want to be in is not too saturated. It's not. Have you gone into grocery stores lately and seen just the bread aisle? Hmm? You got your Sara Lee's, you got your Wonder Bread, you got your Organics, you got your... what? Y'all all said, let's go and do bread? I think once the third company would have gone out, if I had a passion for making bread, I would have been like, but that's already covered. But when you walk down the bread aisle, you are clearly witnessing people who knew that there was a market that was already perhaps... um you know, already being worked at, and they still decided, yeah, but people need to get my take, my spin on it, you know, my taste buds on this situation. You know, what if someone would have looked at the fact that, no, Wonder Bread's been around for a long time. I don't really want to, I don't, I don't want to step on no toes. Like, who's going to buy my bread? People who don't like Wonder. You know, whoever made the white bread, who decided, you know what, yeah, but I want to do wheat. Want to do some pumpernickel, hmm? some Ezekiel, you know? Just it, it, walk through. Like, seriously, the next time you go to the grocery store, walk through, see if you can find, like, five different brands, and ask yourself, all of these people had the desire and the courage to say, yeah, I know that someone else has done it already, but I haven't yet. And I still have a passion for it. And I believe that when I go ahead and put this bread on this shelf, even if it's the 11th millionth one, it will still get the same response because I'm just as passionate, if not more, than these other um, brands. I mean, it's a whole testimony in the bread, Al. Seriously. I mean, seriously. So that to me is just, it's so awesome to have that kind of mindset because it gives, but just, Sticking in the bread aisle, if you still want to do that, it, it gives consumers a chance to purchase something within their means, right? So I was kind of thinking about the whole computer thing. And I was like, what if Apple was the only brand of computers out? Yeah, it would be a problem because Apple is not, you can't ever get that on a discounted price. They're, mm -mm, they're not rolling back anything. Uh, there are no specials. Okay, um, you want this laptop until it's the fourth edition outdated one, probably not going to reduce. So a lot of households would have missed out. A lot of businesses would have missed out. Now, I've gone to a lot of different jobs, a lot of different places of business, and I don't see Apple computers all throughout each uh, desk. You know, you have your Dells, you know, and your other brands, but... um. Someone needed to have been brave enough to say, I know that someone else did it, but that's but I haven't had my shot at it yet. Because when you step into your lane, 
whether it's been already paved or if you're putting your own impression on it, think of it think of it more like you're giving people the option and the variation of a piece of you, right? You are putting your thumbprint on a thing and saying, this is what was missing from this aisle. Imagine, and we're still going to do the grocery store line because I'm uh, maybe I'm hungry, but I, I just don't, I want this to be a judgment-free conversation. Okay, thanks. Imagine if there was only one form of salad dressing. Now, if you're anointed, right, you know that um, ranch dressing is just the only dressing. And, and, and don't, I don't want to fight. I verbally, I don't want to do the back and forth. You know, I don't want to produce discord. Okay. Um, I'll let some room in for the vinaigrette, but everything else, <laughs> you can catch me outside. How about that? You know, but I want to, I want to promote love. So let's just keep on top. Okay. So the salad dressing. It's like uh, 11, 12 million, right? Around about. Um, different brands. Like, okay, so even with, you know, the most holy brand, Craft um, Ranch, and I don't listen. That's between you and God. I've already stated what it is. Craft Ranch dressing is where it's at. And it's above me now. However you want to discuss that between you and God in your prayer time, you take that up with the man. Listen, I'm just a messenger. I, I'm, I'm just a messenger. So. Um, back to the heavenly um, secretion of all things that should be going on salads. Um, Craft French dressing uh, has to be made on clouds in heaven. I'm quite sure that's where it should be seen on the back of the label. I'll check later because I just, I won't right now take the time to go ahead. But what if someone decided, ah, forget it. Someone else already came up with the idea of adding a little bit more flavor to the lettuce, you know, cucumber, whole gatheration of the sorts, right? And I'm bringing up these things because we see it so often that I want us to see it differently. I want you to go into places as simplistic as the grocery store and see how many brands of. Someone already made up a chocolate bar, but somebody else said, yeah, but yours doesn't have the caramel that I have. And we can add wafers to ours. And guess what? We just want just peanut butter because it really should just be simple ingredients here. And somebody else said, no, we kind of think that that whole square rectangle shape is whack. We're going to go ahead and round it up. And someone said, Y'all need my impression on this. They could have been, you know, low-key kind of scared and said, okay, I'll just make this for my family members and I'll just be, you know, the Reese's Pieces buttercup of the uh, neighborhood. But somebody said, no, the world needs to taste this. And praise God that they didn't ask certain people like me because, you know, no disrespect to the Reese's or the Pieces, um, but the peanut butter and chocolate mixture just never been my flavor. That's not a happy birthday to me. Nope, not to my taste buds. We don't, there's not a, that dance in the seat like, mm, 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 mm. Yeah, it's not, I, mm, mm. Now, a Kit Kat? Okay. Warmer. Um, my new kick, uh, the Hershey Kisses with the almonds. Listen, hands down, <laughs> I will push a two-year-old in the sandbox for those. I mean, don't judge me. I still want to be friends with you, but it can get aggressive over some kisses with almonds. I mean, how do you want it? I I'm not a gangster, but don't push me, you know? That's just where I'm at. So, all right, so let's just move on because I feel like it's getting tense and I don't want it to be. Okay, so, but just the idea of someone said, 
I want to do something that may have already been done, but I want to put my spin on it. It's what I'm trying to go ahead and pull forth. Like, be brave enough to do what you're assigned to do. Put your own spin on it. Put your own splash of creativity on it. Because someone somewhere is going to thank you that years ago, all we had was red lipstick. That all we had at one point maybe was just Reese's Pieces. That all we had, and we should have stopped, was just ranch dressing. But someone else said, ah, let me put a little variation in there because there may be someone with your taste buds that thinks that Reese's Pieces is bomb you know and I won't say nothing else bad about it I'll put a period because I was about to put a comma and I'll just leave that sentence alone but what pains me is to see that sometimes people either want to be carbon copies of someone else's spin on a thing and I just find that to be so it's such a disservice to everything that is awesome about you. Have the courage to step out, even if you feel like, but there's already there's already people in this lane. Yeah, but none of them are you. Mm-mm, nope, I looked and I can't. None of them are you. And And we worry about the details, like, you know, how will we promote it? But I don't know anything about marketing. And, you know, um, I just... It's always the I don't knows that we're really trying to identify the how. But God will bring the people. He will bring the people. And I'm so confident in that. Because even something as, okay, so when I was reading the Noah story, and Noah went ahead, and he did all that God told him to do with the gopher wood and all that. After all of that, the Bible says that God brought the animals to Noah. That one statement was mind-blowing to me. Because what that essentially says to me is God is saying, you do your part, I will bring the people. You do your part, I will bring the resources. You bring your part and I will bring the help. You bring, you do your part and I will bring what is needed. If he put it in you to do it, you need to go ahead and illustrate it. Go ahead and reach deeper, do something. And whatever is supposed to happen, however, listen, you can get the best marketing person on the earth, but you ain't never known a marketing exec like God. God brought all the animals to Noah. Yes, he brought all the animals to Noah. You don't need to feel like, but I don't have the resources for that. And I only have, listen, two fish, two loaves and five fish with it. Meaning, you bring to God what you have and watch him multiply that. You watch him multiply your, this is all I have, God. At least presented. At least go forth and be brave enough to say, okay, ah, I'm nervous, but you know what? God, if you brought all the animals to Noah, that means that you gave him, and you brought it last. So that means you gave him the time that he needed to be productive. Could you imagine um, working, trying to build this uh, huge ark, right? And you got animals just surrounding you and surrounding you. No, God knows when to bring. He knows when the product is, is, is at its completed state. He knows when it's time to, okay, now we can introduce this to the world. There are steps that need to be taken before he goes ahead and starts the marketing that he, only he can do. You know how many bestsellers are in somebody's basement? Do you know how many hot mixtapes is in somebody's trunk? You have to. 
have the desire and the excitement and the overall belief in yourself. Listen, a lot of times the things that we want to do, the reason why they're not popping like they should is because there's no confidence behind it. You may not be, you know, a sales exec. You don't know how to do maneuver through the whole sales uh, industry, but you need to have confidence in something. And we sell all the time. Let there be something in your home or a product that you use that you stand behind it. Your confidence in that product can get somebody else to buy that and wish they never heard of. And they'll be behind it like, wait, spell that again? Like, for instance, there's a certain gel that I use for my hair because I am natural, if you didn't remember. And every time that someone sees my hair, they're like, um, what gel you use? And I could do a full-blown commercial on this gel because I stand behind it. It's been tested and true. There's certain hairstyles I wouldn't do with it because, you know, it gives me a different. But I have so much confidence with this gel, about this gel, that other people are pulling their phone out and, wait, this is what it looks like? I've had to screenshot or take a picture personally of my own personal products to give to other people because the confidence that I held behind it. Imagine if they looked at my hair and was like, what gel you use? And I was like, mm-mm. It just don't, sometimes, it don't, no, no, no. And we all have our issues, you know, especially with gel. It flakes. It does a few things you don't like it to do. But the overall of the style that I'm trying to go for, yeah, that needs to look a lot like, listen, this is the gel that I use. That needs to look a lot like confidence in something that I tested and tried, that I stand behind, that I give my good, good dollars to, okay? Because I, I don't do those expensive products. That's not a part of my, mm -mm, that's not a part of my regimen. So if you're looking for the, how much is that? If it's anything over $5, it can all have a nice day. All of it. But I digress. Okay. So, all right. You know, I get a little, I go sidetrack real quick. But that's because it has to happen. But back to Noah. You know, Noah could have simply went ahead and, it got distracted by a few things, and but I've never built this boat. But, you know, God, like, ark, like, I'm super old. And he could have gave a thousand excuses, but I didn't read that he gave any. And that just shows that it was like, okay, if you gave me something, then it's just time that I go ahead and pursue it. It's just time that I really go ahead and just dig ten toes in and say, I'm going to jump. I'm going to do the leap of faith. I'm going to. Otherwise, listen, you should not be okay with having a idea or two and not pursuing it in this lifetime. It is unfair. We do better with our uh, characters when we played games when we were younger. We took care careful care of that, right? You get one time on this thing called Earth, like one time on this good, good level of Earth. Why don't you really expand and say, okay, and have a real talk session with yourself. What's something that I always wanted to do? What's something that even though years have passed, circumstances have come up, what have you, that every time I think of it or I'm introduced to it in another way, I still get stirred up. And that is because I don't believe that passions leave us. I believe we bury it. I just, I don't believe it. I believe the woman who always wanted to be a singer can sing her face off in a nursing home. I believe it. I believe the person who always wanted to, you know, I wanted to be a drummer, but I wanted to be in whatever the craft is. I don't believe that it leaves. 
I believe people bury it with excuses. Put the shovel of excuses away. You owe it. I mean, it's work to bury a passion. You might as well work to go ahead and birth it. Because there's always something lingering in the back of our mind like, ah, I wonder what would have happened. And even if you've gotten to a point that you're like, no, I don't really wonder no more. Listen, we all get our epiphany at some point. And it looks a lot like, oh, such and such is having a midlife crisis. Or we start to have this, okay, hurry up. I don't have enough time. And I want to do, listen, you don't even have to do that. You can pace yourself to have an awesome outcome in five years. That's why I believe in a five-year plan. Because it gives you the opportunity to work at it. And, you know, kind of, if you're not the most consistent, you say, okay. And you start piecing that thing down. Whatever your goal is, like, if you really look at people who are super duper successful in the thing, there's not a one size fit all time frame. Like, there's no, you may do something in three months that someone else has tried to do in four years and you'll have way more success. Or you may just have to wait a little bit longer. But the success, again, is is the outcome. The, the success overall is not money. It's not people, you know, fame. It's not any of that. Success should really be out of all the billions of people who sit on their passion and their calling. I was one of the few percentile that decided to be brave enough to go get it. Please put that shovel away. Please do. Take the risk, but also make sure that you're going all in. Black or white, no gray area with your assignments. Yes, it takes hard work because that's because it's heart work. H-E-A-R-T. So it requires all of you. You have to put your all in. There is no surface, okay, I'm just going to work a little bit of it on Monday and then I'll follow up back on next Friday. And no, 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 listen. You got people standing on lines all the clock in the morning for new exclusive sneakers, new exclusive games coming out, all type of new launches. They'll sit and get tickets for concerts. You know what? When somebody wants something, they go all in. Why don't you put that same energy into your passion? So you know what these conversations are. They're thought-provoking, make you look at something different. Yes, because of me, you're going to walk in a grocery store, you're going to look at stuff way different. And that's the whole purpose. The purpose is to get you to your finish line with a different lens. That the perspective that you had prior to this conversation, you do not have once you get off. Please put that shovel in the goodwill. And for once in our lives, let's go ahead and attack this thing like your dreams depend on it. Like your completion, your contentment depends on it. You have a passion. You have an assignment. When are you going to give it life? And don't worry about all the minor details because God has you. You do your part and he'll bring the people. And that's all I have for you. And as my good, good nanny says, all right.
I ain't going to hold you. I think I'm going to start sorting these clothes out so I can do this laundry. But I'm going to go ahead and hit you later. And we'll have another conversation because um, I got a few other things I want to talk to you about. But go ahead. I'll, I'll call you back later. All right? Okay. Mm-hmm. Later.